Hey, there they are. I was hoping to see them waves. Here we go. Nikes. Broadcasting live for a sec. I lost my microphone, though. It's recording through the phone. Here we go. There we go. Hopefully that's good, eh? I might. It's the Outcast episode 7. Enough dicking around, okay? We got so many sports to talk about. We got the MJ vs. LeBron debate kicking back up with the... Uh, Chicago Bulls documentary on right now. Everybody's watching. We got all kinds of draft news happening with the draft on later tonight. We're going to look at some of the top picks and teams and uh, the impact it's going to have on the Ravens. We're going to talk what the playoff teams are going to look like this year in the NFL. We're going to talk uh, the top Canadians who are ranked in boxing as well as MMA. And some of the... uh, trades and signings that have been happening around the draft as well so without further ado let's begin the show outcast episode seven with the boy al adams you're here listening (laughs) so like i started the show off we're going to talk a little uh lebron versus mj it's my opinion on the whole thing i saw the, the debates getting kicked up and a lot of people are saying it's over it's over now because finally we're starting to see some of the new fans see some of this old uh, footage from the regular season as well as the playoffs. More importantly, with MJ, Michael Jordan, 23, Chicago Bulls, as well as Washington Wizards. Uh, was it Washington Wizards he played that one last season for just to get the paid? Hey, man, even Jordan wanted to get paid. It's a little uh, comparison to what just went on with Brady and people is. No loyalty in sports, man. It's uh, if people aren't gonna treat you right and pay you right, you gotta you gotta do what makes sense for you as an athlete. Because, uh, you know, any day it could be all over. You take a, a hit the wrong way, in football, and your career's over. You uh, come down on a jump shot the wrong way in basketball, your career could be over. So you gotta do what makes sense for you, you know. Um. I don't really have a spicy hot take on this. I don't want to like get into the specifics because uh, my earliest basketball memories are of Jordan and seeing some of his highlight reels. And uh, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan because I'm Canadian, and you know we only got one team. Uh, if the Vancouver Grizzlies were still around, it might be a different story. But they only made it a, a whop in two seasons before they moved their ass back down to Memphis. Doesn't make a lot of sense for me. I figured we had the market for it up here, especially in Vancouver. It's a very uh, diverse place and uh, lots of uh, immigrants there. Who, uh, it's not just like a hockey town, you know. It's multicultural. There's there's a basketball city there, bro. They can support a basketball team. NBA's got to make a basketball team back in Vancouver. We got to have more than one, bro. I mean, we won the whole damn thing last year. We had only one team representing. What's up? Y'all get too cocky with your basketball. Everyone sleeps on the Raptors every year. Even this year as the defending champs, I remember, before the whole season got shit-canned, it was like Raptors were dominating in the East. The only person that looked like could pose a threat to them was Milwaukee, and people were still not talking about them, sleeping on them. A little less than previous years. Like They were just a punchline for a long time in the NBA, but I suppose a lot of teams, it's that way until you win a championship. Right, my my take on Michael Jordan versus LeBron goat debate. That's where I was going with all that before I got sidetracked. I got a, a rant, you know. You got to do that on the podcast every now and then. 
I think uh, Jordan's got it, bro. <laughs> Short and simple. All around better. More grit. Psychologically, just crazy, bro. I got nothing else to say on that. On that. So that's the only NBA news we're going to talk. That's the only NBA news we can talk, really. Um, there's just a lot of speculation going on outside of that in the NBA right now of uh, what players are going to do and where they're going to move around and uh, if they're going to run some kind of playoff scenario at some point, just given the records that the teams had accumulated before the season got canceled. But I think when they throw around words like canceled and whatnot, I mean... I don't know, they should just really do like a 32-team tournament or however many teams, so then make it, make it like that, like a round-robin type thing, make it like double or triple elimination or something, so you, instead of seven-game series, you play three-game series, best of three, um, and then maybe the final series, you do a best of five or something, but yeah, I think even if you did in a closed gymnasium and you could, I'm sure you could test everyone and televise it still. People would watch, you know. People are dying for some sports out here. I'm just, I'm just thinking of options. I'm just spitballing out here. That's what we do. That's what we do on the outcasts. It's a sports spitballing. Maybe I should have renamed it that. <laughs> Let's talk some football, guys. I'm talk a little football. Some big news this week uh, around the draft of. Gronk uh, getting his contract bought out by the Patriots, essentially, uh, to the Bucks because they shipped him off for a fourth-round draft pick. I'm surprised they got that high. I mean, we got Calais Campbell on the Ravens for a fifth-round draft pick, and I thought that was cheap, but she's fourth-round draft pick. Well, allegedly one of the best tight ends in the game before he retired. I mean, it's kind of cheap. Yeah, I, don't know. I think they could have got a third-round pick for him or something. Go away, Rob. People trying to Call me right now. And Tyron Woodley's beefing with everybody. Oh, sorry, I'm just flipping through my notes. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we were talking about Gronk to the Bucks, And obviously, I think that makes their offense a little better. Brady's going to have a um, former locker, locker room guy. And anything to get him a little bit more chemistry in a new situation I think is a good thing. So I, I give them a slight bump on their, their odds and to get to the playoffs and to get to the Super Bowl. Well, I do have them as a playoff team right now. I think last year they were just outside. They lost that game to the Texans, which uh, kicked their ass out of the playoffs. I watched that game actually at my sister's house. And um, yeah, I think... I think the Bucks are for sure going to the playoffs, and I don't know what odds I'd give them to the uh, Super Bowl. I'd have to look at the NFC a little a little closer. I'm I'm more familiar with the the teams in the AFC and whatnot, but I think um yeah I like the Bucks' chances this year. It's going to be one of the most interesting storylines in the NFL for sure. See how Brady does on a new team, how Gronk's going to do, um, how much their productivity productivity as a team is going to improve there's a lot of storylines there on the bucks right now as well as the patriots the patriots as far as being a playoff team i mean the only thing you could say for that is uh they'd be making it on the strength as bill belichick as a head coach because they lost just about i don't want to dog on them too hard because you know there's enough 
Pats haters out there, and I like to do it too, but it's more out of fun, and people get all butthurt about it, thinking that you're just ragging on them because they're good, because they're a dynasty. And, nah, not really, bro. They lost most of their good players, so I got them sitting about 8-8 eight and eight right now. Maybe they make it to the playoffs, maybe they don't. Buffalo got a lot better this year. You know, Miami was on the come up at the end of last year. Um, they couldn't even beat Miami in the final game of the season. And, you know, Patriots might, might have be a struggle city next year. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, bro? Let's look at some other uh, NFL news. I'll just rattle off the playoff teams I, I saw. Uh, I didn't see, but... Oh, I looked into my crystal ball and saw, I was thinking, Baltimore, Buffalo, uh, Green Bay, Houston, Kansas City, Minnesota, New Orleans, Oakland, San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Tennessee. I feel like I, I doubled up on one of those, but it's no surprise there. I was just pretty much picking off the teams that were good and had winning records last season but if you're going to put some prop bets on teams to have winning records like a 9 and 7 record, 10 and 6 record um or to put early prop bets down on playoff teams who's making it into wild card games and whatnot, you know, I feel like all those teams I just listed off would be a safe bet. Any team last year had a above a 9 and 7 record and just pay attention to what teams made good uh, acquisitions in the offseason, what changes they made to the coaching staffs, offensive, defensive uh, coordinators, as well as head coaches. And you can figure it out, bro. Baltimore for sure, though, bro. Baltimore for sure. Playoffs, if not Super Bowl. I'd put a bet. I'd put a prop bet down on them making it to a Super Bowl right now. They're a favorite. I mean, it's, it's no surprise, but, you know probably gonna have another 14 and 2 type season if not better we might go undefeated with our defensive line bro i don't want to get ahead of myself and there's always one weird game where you know sometimes the team's just tired on a short week or this and that but i think raven's going all the way this year man i i got hope let's look at some other uh News around the draft, the Ravens uh, managed to sign Jake Ryan, who is a former linebacker from the uh, Green Bay Packers, as well as the Jags. He didn't get a lot of snaps with the Jags, but put in pretty good work at it in Green Bay. Um, it's a nice signing, I suppose, as we lost uh, C.J. Mosley a couple seasons back to the Jets. I was pretty mad about that one. I remember I thought he was a great uh, middle linebacker from... Uh, Bama and actually got us to the playoffs one year if you remember he picked off Baker Mayfield and pretty much uh, put the game on ice there in one of our final uh, games of the season a couple of years back when uh, the year we lost to San Diego in the wild card game unfortunately and that's another thing I, I want to say this uh, all these people uh, hating on Lamar right now, and it seems like anything that gets posted on him on Twitter, like the first top-rated comments are always like, oh, he choked in the playoffs, da, da, da. regular season champ, da-da-da, like, bro, my dude is like 23 years old and on the cover of Madden, shut your mouth, shut your disrespectful mouth, Lamar, bro, he's gonna put y'all on a highlight reel next year, man, he's gonna juke you out of your shoes, put the spin moves on you, 
pick up 3,000 plus yards passing, 1,000 plus yards on the ground, 10 rushing touchdowns, and 30 plus passing touchdowns. No one in the game is doing it like the kid, and y'all jealous ass haters are just mad because he beat 90% of y'all teams next year. Yes, he's lost two playoff games. Yes. What? Does that mean all of his other accomplishments are just like erased? I don't think so, bro. I don't think so. Take it easy on Lamar. He's going to stun on y'all next year. Just wait. Wait and see. If that boy doesn't get us a ring, I'd be su I'd be surprised. Other other news around the draft, what do we got? Well, everyone, you know, is talking about Burrow to Cincy, and that's going to be like, uh, apparently he's already been called and told that. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to him joining Cincy. Let's see what you got. It'd be good to have a little bit stiffer competition from them as we've just been beating them up in the AFC North, it seemed like, for quite some time now. Like, the Red Rocket ain't doing it. He's got a good little off-season uh, bullet pass workout. But good luck. Good luck in Cincy, my guy. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to end up under Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf and... Uh, throwing some picks to Earl Thomas, Jimmy Smith, and Marlon Humphrey next year. So uh, have fun with that, my guy. Come see us in uh, at the bank, as my boy Mark Ingram would say. And Washington's got the second pick, although they've been uh, shopping it around of late, as well as Detroit's been shopping their third pick around. Uh, a lot of people think they're going to pick up Chase Young in Washington and improve their edge rush, improve their defense. He's uh, the top-rated uh, defensive lineman in the draft. Um, some people are thinking uh, Miami might trade up for that Detroit pick or Detroit might keep it, and either of them could pick up uh, Justin Herbert at QB. You know, Detroit's got Matthew Stafford, who's kind of starting to age out right now at QB, and just the game's changing, you know, especially at QB. There's, I think there's going to be a big shift in that in the next few years of People not just looking for that uh, stand under center in the pocket quarterback who's going to either throw uh, hard slant routes or every now and then lob it down the sideline for a, a vertical wide receiver, a 50-50 ball. Uh, I think that day and age is past and everyone's going to expect their quarterbacks to be able to run play actions and RPOs and that kind of offense because... Uh, the more weapons and versatility your offense has, the more unpredictable and successful you can be at the end of the day. And New York Giants, they got the fourth pick. Uh, people think they might go with uh, Tristan Tristan Wilfs at left tackle. You know, they got to improve their offensive line for Saquon and uh, to get their quarterback some pass protection, hopefully. You know, Daniel Jones had a hard time back there. I don't know if they picked up any other QBs in the offseason. I thought that might have been a smart move on their part, but, I mean, Daniel Jones was a high draft pick for them. Wasn't he, like, a first overall? Not a first overall, but he was a high draft pick, so I guess they got to try him out some more. I thought they might be looking to look for a free agent quarterback, you know, like a Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, whoever else is out there still on the market right now or trade a team. You're going to see trades around the draft anyways. It's, I think, yeah, the move that makes sense for them is uh, the Giants is improving their offensive line, better blocking. 
Yeah, I want to see Saquon with a half-decent offensive line. <laughs> you got to do something for that guy or trade him, get him up out of there. It's, it's sad. You see, like, when these star running backs get trapped on a bad team, it's like, oh, you never know what their full potential could be like until you see them with a half-decent or a good offensive line. A lot of people say a, a, a good running back can make a, a bad offensive line look good, but that's true to a degree, but... At the end of the day, the offensive line is super, super, super important in the run game, as well as having good blocking tight ends and wide receivers. If you really want to go all the way with it, if you want to see why the Ravens had such a good run rush attack uh, last year, pay attention to how our tight ends were blocking for us and how the wide receivers were blocking for us on some of the longer plays Lamar went for, or Mark Ingram went for. I mean, Ingram would a lot of the time do it on his own. He, he's just a beast. <laughs> he runs angry, but I like that Mark Ingram. Uh, Detroit uh, or Miami, because a lot of people are thinking that they're going to switch picks, like I said, between three and six. Uh, could be getting Jeff Okuda corner at corner. Um, he's from Ohio State, you know, always good to improve the backfield, and then, uh, who is Baltimore looking at, um, in the draft, I was kind of hoping we were looking at someone to replace Yanda, or I said on Twitter, someone to replace Tony Jefferson at Strong Safety, Strong Safety, but then I was informed by somebody that, um, he was already kind of like second in the depth chart last year to Clark. I wasn't really paying that much attention, obviously. <laughs> but um, I think it'd still be good to improve strong safety in the depth chart. Maybe it's definitely not like a first-round position you usually look at a lot of the time unless there's like a standout guy. But uh, middle linebacker, I wouldn't be mad if we looked there. Um, left guard or right guard to replace Yanda. Uh, wide receiver, obviously, is a position that still needs to be addressed. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what we do in the draft, though, man. I think uh, Eric DaCosta's got it figured out. No more Ozzie Newsome uh, in the war room, but uh, I feel like the Ravens always have one of the highest draft grades, especially the past few years. And if you look at what we did last year in the draft, getting um, star tight end as well as uh, Lamar Jackson a couple of years back, um, we're trouble. We're trouble in the draft, bro. And we got uh, Hollywood Brown last year, who's pretty productive for a rookie wide receiver. I think we'll do well. Yeah, does that cover all the football? Cover all the NFL for today? Um, looks like it, my guy. Talk a little MMA. Talk a little boxing. Just give some shout-outs more than anything. We ran a little long on the podcast last week, so this week I'll try and shorten it up for you guys. We saw that uh, Tyron Woodley, man, the UFC ex-welterweight champion, he's just been picking fights with everybody. He had a fight booked with Leon Edwards that got cancelled, and then all of a sudden it seems like he just wants all the smoke right now. Boy's looking for a payday. He's picking fights with Colby Covington. He's picking fights with Leon Edwards. He's picking fights with Israel Adesanya. Man, this guy's probably going to start petitioning for the, like, no weight classes. And he he just wants to line him up, knock him down. But it's good to see a little grit from the champ. And he's always kind of been that guy with a chip on his shoulder. And I hope we see Tyron Woodley back and starching people didn't look like himself in that fight with Usman and uh, I think he's still got some 
miles in the tank and something approved. So we could see Tyron Woodley at welterweight champ again, my guy. I would not be surprised. I think he's uh, maybe chomping at the bit to run it back with Camaro and prove that he's the best. Guy trains at one of the best camps in MMA, uh, has all the tools necessary to be dominant still at that force, athleticism and um, wrestling, as well as punching power. Who knows? But Tyron Woodley's beefing with everybody. And not too much going on else in the MMA world. Uh, I've got to talk some boxing and uh, MMA ranked Canadian fighters because I mentioned on the podcast last week, I believe, or the week before, how I figured no one's giving love to, to a lot of the Canadian fighters right now, bro, especially MMA. Uh, just not talked about, I feel like, and even boxing, I feel like we're looked over a lot of the time, but I looked at all the rankings for all the weight classes in boxing in the UFC, and I just want to shout some guys out who are ranked right now, ranked top Canadian fighters, so let's start with boxing. Light heavyweight, we got John Pascal, you may have heard of the man, one of the hardest hitting light heavyweights, if not the hardest hitting light heavyweight, who's ranked six. He's a WBA champ. My guy. Okay, so he's like the top guy, top Canadian boxer right now. Probably one of the only ones uh, mainstream boxing fans know about. Or and I know the casual Canadian fan don't know about that guy, but I got mad respect for John Pascal. He's had some scraps. He's had some wars. Go watch his last fight with um, Badu Jack. Whew. Fight one of the fight of the year contenders, and he's always having fights like that. And you go down to super middleweight. Oh yeah, that's another thing I noticed. You notice how I started at light heavyweight? That's not because I'm giving any grief to Canadian heavyweights or cruiserweights. That's because there is none. No ranked Canadian heavyweights or cruiserweights. Can you believe that? In anything, you know how many different boxing rankings there are? How many different associations? And I looked at all of them. There is not a single Canadian heavyweight or cruiserweight who's ranked in the top 10 right now. Wild. Wild, my guy. All right. Sorry, I got distracted. Super middleweight. We got David Lemieux uh, ranked number 9 at super middleweight by The Ring Magazine. Uh, at middleweight, we got... Patrice Volney. Um, I didn't r write his ranking down. I believe it was somewhere towards like seven or eight. Light middleweight, uh, WBA. We have Cody Crowley, who is ranked at number nine by the WBA. Welterweight, we have uh, Custio Clayton and Mikhail Zwiski, who's ranked eight and nine at welterweight. And lightweight, we have WBA's Josh O'Reilly, who's ranked seven. So, um, no one even in the top five ranked in any weight class in boxing. But we got we got some people out there, man. We got some people representing the country. Um, I'd like to find out uh, more about these guys. Uh, really go in depth on their records. Really uh, find out more about them as fighters, and maybe do a more in-depth podcast on great Canadian boxers present and past and who knows i just i just like to get more out there on those guys because they're not getting the respect they deserve right now so shout out all the all the canadian boxers the the currently ranked well as well as the up-and-comers uh, you guys are putting work in behind the signs god knows uh, mainstream sports media 
especially in Canada, ain't giving you the love or attention you deserve. But I got appreciation for you boys. You're putting that work in. Let's go. Next year, we're definitely going to have some people in the top five ranked, or if not, more Canadian champs. In MMA, the situation is even more dire. I looked at all the UFC rankings and all the different weight classes, and uh, the only guy who ranked the top 15 in the weight classes was Misha Serkinov. And (laughs) people hear that name and be like, is that guy Canadian? It sounds kind of Russian-Ukrainian. Hey, man, people come from all over the place and end up here. doesn't matter where he was born or where he's from. He's Canadian. He says he's Canadian. That's what it's profile says so he's ranked 11 at light heavyweight right now he's got some had some nasty submissions in the ufc he's kind of like a 500 fighter against top competition but still he's one of the only canadians ranked in the ufc right now there's other guys like uh olivier aubin mercier who is uh, i believe welterweight or lightweight who's uh climbing the ranks right now um and then we had Elias Theodoru, who is a top 15 uh, middleweight ranked, but the UFC cut him a while back kind of unceremoniously. And um, uh, yeah, I could say for, for there's definitely been uh, worse fighters and better fighters who have got cut, but it, it came as a surprise to a lot of people when Elias Theodoru got cut. And I really hope he, uh, he seems like he's got a good business mind and he's got other ways of making money but i think he could still make a run at middleweight i'd like to see another canadian champion in the ufc or bellator or one anywhere really you always want to support your your countrymen and uh wish good things for them unless you're a traitor (laughs) um yeah, I think we covered everything today. We covered a little bit of that Michael Jordan-LeBron GOAT debate. I uh, didn't get too much into the specifics, but y'all know how I feel. Michael Jordan, 23 all day. I'm a 90s kid, so makes sense for me. I, I understand why y'all millennials um, <laughs> feel a type of way about LeBron being the GOAT, but it's just not the case. Uh, we talked uh, some of the Ravens' moves around the draft and the off season. Uh, we talked about some where the top draft picks are going to end up in the NFL draft. Uh, we talked to what teams are going to be playoff teams and contenders and Super Bowl contenders next year in the NFL. And we talked about the boxing and MMA Canadian ranked fighters. So that's good enough for this week. This has been the Alcast. Uh, stay supportive, stay positive, and um, keep that jab pumping down the street. Keep that six feet perimeter. And uh, love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Peace.